Good morning and welcome to our daily word and prayer. I've got an important question for you today. That's this. Who do you envy? Who do your kids envy? Oh, now envy can be something that we don't think of clearly. We don't it, it might not be something that consumes us, although it does with many, many people. But the question is kind of the, to ask the question, who do you look up to? Who do your kids look up to, your grandkids look up to, as if they want to be like? Indeed, in our world today, most we, we have the celebrity culture where people look up to athletes, movie stars, entertainers, and they want to be like them. They dress like them. I mean, advertisers know this. They know that if they can get a celebrity to drink a certain beverage or to wear certain clothes or to drive a certain car, it'll greatly increase their sales. Does, will it not? Why do they why? Because they know people look up to and envy and they want to be like these people. These people seem to have it all. They seem to have wealth and fame and love. And, and all the things that the flesh desires in life. Don't think it doesn't affect you, and don't think it doesn't affect kids. I know in my own life when I used to coach youth basketball, it was so evident, the kids, the shoes they would wear, the way they would carry themselves, the way they'd want to wear their jerseys, all emulated the celebrities and the stars. And in some ways, that can be good if you see someone doing something really good to want to emulate them, but you'd better be careful because it's one thing to want to emulate the way a guy can shoot a basketball. It's another thing to want to emulate his life. It's one thing to want to be able to sing beautifully like a particular star. It's another thing to want to live like she lives and have the values that she has. How can we protect ourselves from this? How can we make sure that we don't let this infect our own lives and our own value system, that we separate out their talents from their values? Well, that's what we're going to look at in today's Daily Word and Prayer. Again, my name's Tom Short, so glad to have you along today. So we get into the Word of God, talk about it, and allow it to transform our lives. Today, we, this week, we've been looking at the walk, the Christian walk from the book of Ephesians. Six times, Paul uses the word walk to explain how we should be living, and today we're in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 19. Let's look at what he says here. So this I say and affirm together with the Lord, that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk. Now that's really, really interesting. Ephesian, uh, Ephesus was a place, like many cities, like your city and my city, where there's a tremendous amount of godlessness. And these people had come to Christ from the Gentile background. Gentile meaning non-Jewish. And they were used to living what would be considered a pagan life. And he urges them, don't live like you used to live. Walk no longer. This is the second time Paul brings us out. Earlier in chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, he says, you formerly walked according to the course of this world. Now we have a new life. We have, we're to be given to good things. And that's what our life has a new value system now. What's important to us is to be different. And he's saying it again in verse 17, that you walk no longer like you used to. You walk no longer like the rest of the world. You don't walk according to the course of this world. And then he gives us a number of motivations. And it's important that we are able 
in our day and age to pull the mask off and to look behind the scenes and to see what God says is really going on in people's lives. Only God knows. People have become experts at hiding their lies. Indeed, we hear about this. We, we think someone who we, we look up to, we admire, and suddenly we hear something, a, a scandal comes out, or they die of a drug addiction, or they, or they go through a divorce, or, or something happens. We say, I had no idea. I thought they were a happy person. I thought everything was going fine in their life, only to discover deep, deep, deep demons within them. And so Paul reveals some of these demons of these unbelievers. Now, when we say this, and when we look at what we're about to see, it shouldn't develop a holier-than-thou judgmental attitude, but it should develop. It should free us from saying, I want to be like them, because the truth is unbelievers are on another path, the path of destruction. It's easy to see the flash, the, fell, the, 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 the fame, the wealth, and to think that's what we want. But no, we want to see beneath, beneath the surface. We want to take off the mask and see what's really going on as God sees them. And so let's look at what that says, starting with Ephesians 4, verse 18. It says these Gentiles, these unbelievers, the Gentiles are just a term he was using of unbelievers here. They live in the futility of their mind. Their thoughts aren't right. Their thinking isn't right. Why is that? Because they are darkened in their understanding. What a statement to make of unbelievers. They're, they're darkened because as Paul says in Colossians 1, they are, they are in the domain of darkness. It's like the lights aren't on. It's like they don't see. They don't see the things that we see. They don't see the things that are eternal. They don't have the insight into God and the understanding of what God says and what's important in life from an eternal perspective. Now, again, we don't look upon them with a snobbish nose held up in the air. We don't look at them with a, a, I'm better than you, but we do look at them with compassion, dare I say, with pity. We certainly, though, don't want to look at them with envy because we've got, let's pull the mask off. Let's realize what's going on in their mind, in their heart. There's things they don't see that you and I see. There's things they don't understand that you and I understand. There's aspects of eternity. There's aspects of our God, of our creator, that their, their understanding is darkened. Sometimes we wonder, how do people think the things they think? We live in a world today that it, it's, it's like it's becoming crazy. Some of the things people are advocating, some of the things people are, are thinking is good, where evil is called good and good's called evil, where what is perverse is celebrated and rewarded and honored. They're darkened in their understanding. Why? What else? Paul says they're excluded from the life of God. Oh my goodness, brothers and sisters. We have been invited into the life of God. More than invited in, we become connected. We're branches. He's the vine. We become connected to the very life of God. And many of these, these people, these unbelievers, they're excluded from the life of God. They're disconnected from God. This is why their understanding is darkened. 
This is why they don't see things the way they should be seeing them. Why are they excluded from the life? Because of the ignorance that is in them. Now, ignorance is often seen as an insult, but it just simply means you don't know something. You're unaware. And Paul's telling us that people without Christ, they, there's things they don't see. I used to hear unbelievers tell me, or atheists tell me, they see, they would confidently assert, I see no evidence of God anywhere. And I'd often think, you're just, you're, you're just not being honest. There's evidence of God everywhere. And I've come to believe, partly because of this verse, they really don't see it. It's not that it's not there. It's just that something's happened. They don't see it. They're excluded. They're in darkness. There's an ignorance that, that they have that does not see spiritual realities that you and I see, spiritual truths that are evident. I walk around and they say, people say they don't see any evidence of God. I say, it's everywhere. God is life. Everywhere you see life is evidence of, of a living God. How could there be life without God? Where could life have come out from had not God created it? I see it everywhere. And yet they see, they see nothing. Why? There's an ignorance. But why is that ignorance there? Because of the hardness of their heart. Indeed, our ability to understand truth and to see truth, it's not just a matter of the mind. It comes from the heart. If your heart is hard towards the almighty God, you'll live in ignorance and darkness and futility of mind. It you see how it gets back to the heart and it goes back up to these other things. And Paul starts here from the futility of their mind, the darkened understanding, the ignorance within them, all getting down to the hardness of their heart. And this is why, brothers and sisters, this can happen to a believer too. You and I can, can develop a hard heart. If there's people we don't forgive, if there's times we don't forgive God or are not thankful to God for difficult situations we face, and we become embittered at God or embittered at others, this can harden our heart. <clears throat> we read in Hebrews that sin hardens our heart. And indeed, compromising and giving in a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit more, a little bit here and there, sin can harden your heart towards God. And once your heart becomes hardened, you can be become you can begin to become blind to the spiritual truths. You can even begin to envy the wicked and want to be like them and not see what's really beneath the surface, but envy their outward success and so forth. But he goes on, because of their hardened heart, what else is happening in their life? And these having become callous, their heart having become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greed. Oh my goodness. What a description of our world today. Now, I don't live in this world, and I hope you don't live in this world. You probably don't. But every now and then we see glimpses of it, maybe on TV. Some of the things that people are involved in some of the things that these people give themselves, the whole Jeffrey Epstein escapade that is beyond imagination. What was going on with that? And who was involved and people that were rich and famous and powerful involved in perversion of a type that probably has never even entered your mind. 
And it's not just him. It's a whole culture in our cult in our country today. And so many people that we look up to have been given over to sensuality for the practice of impurity, the practice of degrading their own bodies, of degrading their own souls in a way and to a degree that you and I could not even imagine. My friends, this is not how we learned about Christ. This is not who we are. This is why we are no longer to walk as the Gentiles. Paul tells us, and he affirms together with the Lord, may I say, I say, and affirm together with Paul, with the Lord, and with the word of God, all, don't live like the unbelievers. Don't envy them. Don't think they've got it all. They may have the outward fame, the outward power, the outward wealth, but inside, if they're living this way, if they're unbelievers, inside they're bankrupt. You have so much more than they. You are so much better off than they. You are so much wealthier than them. You have in the spiritual realm where it really counts so much more power than them. Don't envy the wicked. Walk with Christ. Let him, he won't be your idol. Let him be the one you emulate, the one you look up to, the one you want to become. Have godly heroes. Have have godly men and women that your children look up to and your grandchildren look up to. Expose them to the heroes of the faith who have stood faithfully, in, who've been faithful to God, who've lived righteous and godly lives, who've made a difference in this world for what's good, even if in the process they sacrificed, even if they lost their life, even if they never had wealth or fame. Expose them to God's heroes and let them look up to that so that we might live and walk and conduct our lives in ways that would honor God. Amen. Oh, Father in heaven, this is our deep desire that we would be we would be heroes in the kingdom of God, that our children and our grandchildren be heroes in the kingdom of God. It's so easy. Lord, we're inundated. We're, we're flooded with these celebrities who seem to have it all together, the beauty, the fame, the power, the wealth, the prestige. They can sing, they can shoot a basketball, they're strong, whatever it is. And yet, Lord, in so many cases, they're spiritually bankrupt. They're they're given over to sensuality. Their heart is hard. They're in darkness. Help us, Lord. Help us, O God, not to envy them. Help us to have good role models. Help us to look up to people who are godly. Let us have these values leading our lives. Protect us, Lord protect our minds and our hearts. We love you and we want to be like Jesus. And this is how we want to live our lives. Help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Hallelujah. My goodness. 